Welcome to Lawler Out Loud and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christy Lawler, and this podcast focuses on highlighting the amazing men and women that make a difference in the world. And we hope to prove that every single person has the power to make a difference and make an impact. Today's guest is Tony Abganum. First, let me thank you, Tony, for joining us to share your story, your experiences, and all of your amazing ideas. Well, Christy, it's a pleasure to be on your show. Very excited. Oh, I'm, I'm really excited. I can't wait to learn more about you. Um, <laughs> so we will, we will dive right in because I can't imagine what I'm about to learn about you, my friend. Um, so tell us a little bit more about yourself, like background history education whatever it is what's what's your background well i have spent the last 40 years of my life behind bars uh christy um (laughs) (laughs) and trust me i've had a wonderful time doing so uh yeah i started my bartending career in 1980 uh at my cousin Helen's Brass Rail Bar in Port Huron, Michigan, um, a bar that her and her mother opened in 1937. So uh, three years after the repeal of Prohibition, the throes of the Great Depression, Helen's 21, her father passes away, leaves her and her mother an ice cream parlor. Now, as you can imagine, Christy, people during the Great Depression were not spending the little extra money they had on ice cream. Yeah. Um, And her mother said, you know, we have to turn the ice cream parlor into a saloon or we're going to be put out on the streets. And uh, this is a great quote from Helen, because Helen said to her mom, said, Mom, proper ladies do not run saloons. And her mother (laughs) said, a lady is a lady no matter where you put her, but she's got to have a buck in her pocket. And uh, on June June 15th, 1937, they opened the Brass Rail Bar, which... Helen ran for nearly 70 years until her death at the age of 91 in 2006. So I am all about strong women in this business, uh, Christy, as you can imagine. Uh, Yeah. Well, I know you are with with the Helen David Relief Fund. I would love for you to talk a little bit about that because I think that what you're doing, um, especially with the USBG, I think that is so important to our industry. Well, thank you. It's something I'm very, very uh, committed to, very proud of, and I'm sure Helen would be honored uh, as well to know. Um, As I said, she passed at the age of 91, but during her life, she survived breast cancer twice during a time when um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a common thing for um, a woman to survive breast cancer, but she survived it twice. And in her memory, I started the Helen David Relief Fund to assist bartenders and their families uh, who are dealing with breast cancer. Yeah. So one of the, uh, the things that we do, you know, as you know, we work in a very difficult profession. I mean, it, it, it takes its toll on one's body and, uh, you know, we don't always take the best care of ourselves. So I, I started Team Negroni as a way to raise funds and awareness for the Helen David Relief Fund with the United States Bartenders Guild. And Team Negroni is a bicycle team and uh, it encourages bartenders to get out and get on their bikes and, like I said, take better care of their own health while uh, raising funds to help those less fortunate and going through uh, breast cancer. Yeah, it's just wonderful. I love that that you're doing this in the memory. It's just 
Absolutely wonderful. And you're right. You make excellent points. Self-care is not something that this industry is really known for. Um, and I noticed that Tales of the Cocktail this past year, they had a lot of a lot more focus on self-care and personal health and wellness than they've ever had before. And I I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. No, it, it, it really is. Um, you know, it's a, it's a huge in, in initiative right now. Um, and, and hopefully the message is, is getting through and getting implemented. You know, that's one thing. It's, it's one thing to, you know, really put it out there and talk about it. But, um, you know, to get people to buy in and really understand and appreciate how important this is to their well-being and their longevity in this profession. Yes, of course. No, I couldn't agree with you more. So how did, uh, so obviously you're raised in a very spirited family. <laughs> Pun intended. Uh, That's good. So how, did, <laughs> so how did you find your inspiration behind the bar? Because you've done so many things and you have created such a lasting impact and legacy for this business. I mean, you are you are the Jesus of this church, right? Uh, in, so, in, in, my, in my world, that's how I assimilate you. So you're like this guy that just does everything. And it's always just amazing to be in your presence and learn from you. So tell me more about that. Well, th th first, thank you. That's, I mean, those kind words, thank you very much. Uh, I guess like my dad always said, you know, if you love what you do for a living, you'll never work a day in your life. And, and mm -hmm. I realized a long time ago that I really love working in the bar business at a time when, you know, as mentioned in the eighties, you know, when people would ask you, so Tony, what do you do for a living? I get all excited. I'm, I'm a bartender. And they would follow that question up with this question. So what do you want to do? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. It, <laughs> yeah. Cause it was, you know, as you know, during that time, bartending was looked at as more of a part-time gig than a profession yeah. to aspire to, you know? So, um, but I, you know, I, and I was one of those cats. I was like, I, I guess I'm supposed to do something else. I, I, so, you know, I went to school, I got a degree in business. I, you know, I have a theatrical background. I was as a lot of uh, actors are bartenders, you know, so yeah. you're an actor. Where do you attend bar? Um <laughs> And, it's just know, never good enough. <laughs> it's just, no, I know. Uh, and so I was, I'm in New York um, pursuing a theatrical career in 1993. And I'm Mario Batali's first bartender at his first restaurant, Poe. And he introduces me to this guy, Dale DeGroff. And he says, you got to go up to the Rainbow Room. The Rainbow Room's doing some really cool stuff with cocktails and meet Dale DeGroff. So I go up and I sit at the bar and I, I don't know Dale at this juncture and I sit at the bar and I'm just I'm watching him work and I'm watching his you know his passion for the craft and I'm watching his guests sitting across the bar watching him work and their appreciation for his love of the craft and the drinks he's putting out and his art of hospitality you know it, this is all the drinks are great but it's all about hospitality Christy you know this better yeah. than anyone and in that moment, in 1993, this light bulb went off. And, you know, I was in New York pursuing a theatrical career, trying to work on Broadway. But I had this great profession, bartending, that I had more control over. And I just set out from that day 
forward to be the best bartender that I could be. And, um, you know, it's funny, once you make that conscious decision, it stops being just that part-time gig or the job I'm doing while I'm work, waiting for my acting career to take off. And it becomes yeah. a passion. And once that happened, you know, it, you know, the game changed for me. That's amazing. Because honestly, like, obviously, Dale is the other godfather of mythology <laughs> as we know it today. But I think that what you did in that moment, in that decision, you set not only a trajectory for yourself, but for every craft bartender, mixologist, bartender out there today. You set the path for them. You created it by creating it for yourself. And I don't know if you've ever looked at it from, the, from that perspective. Maybe that's just an outsider perspective looking at the way that you embrace the, the ways to make a living doing something that is something we've all done in our histories. But you've really created an entire career field for people. I hope everybody that is a bartender understands that and fully appreciates your contribution. <laughs> well, uh, again, Christy, thank you for the kind words. Um, uh, someone uh, once said, you know, luck happens when opportunity meets preparation. And, and I, I believe in that because at that time in 1993, you know, there there wasn't even any email to get information back and forth. There was, yeah. you know, there was no radio shows like this podcast. There were no TV appearances, no book deals or magazines. It was just about the craft, you know, just about being the best you could be at this craft. I had no idea at that time sitting at the bar in 1993 that any of this would ever happen. Um, you know, it was a different time and we were just, just on the cusp of this resurgence in the craft, in classic cocktails, in the craft movement was, was still years away, but yeah. it was just the beginning. And, um, you know, I just took the ball and ran with it for my own personal. I mean, I was lucky enough to team up with Harry Denton again and reopen the starlight room in 1995 in San Francisco. So I moved back there and, teamed up with Harry and we put together this amazing bar team. And it was the first time that I had written a menu. Um, you know, we take cocktail menus for granted today, but 1995, they were very, it was very rare that you would go yeah. somewhere and, and see a cocktail menu. So that was my first cocktail menu. I wrote the first time I, I created a cocktail, the starlight for Campari. Um, yeah. You know, it was just starting to, to happen, but it was, all happening organically you know it just yeah. was it was a really special beautiful time um first time i really started to introduce the use of fresh juices uh and resurrect lost and forgotten classic drinks and again you know i, I push boulevardier on my computer and i get a hundred thousand hits in a nanosecond you yeah. know, back back then you had to go to the library and track down <laughs> these books and you know it was it was I think it was a better time then because it was really a labor of love to get the information. And, and yeah. this small like-minded group of individuals started to show up. And you mentioned Tales of the Cocktail. You know, the first time I attended Tales of the Cocktail was probably a few hundred people, like-minded individuals celebrating the cocktail and the profession. Um, and funny story, at that time, the entire thing was sponsored by Southern Comfort. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my so, gosh. 
So it really is amazing to me to sit back and just uh, just see what has happened. And, uh, you know, I, I'm so proud and thank you again for your kind words to think I'm, I might have had a, a small little part of that. Well, of course you did. I mean, you see the way that people respond to you. I mean, people, I went to you when you and Dale did that guest bartending shift for uh, Dale's <laughs> this year. I came in just to say hello, but it's always nice to just see like how much awe and appreciation and admiration there is for you guys because it, it you've done the work you you literally set everybody else's lives into motion before they knew they were going to follow that path and to see that there is that respect and admiration in your presence it's really cool because you have made a, a massive massive impact on our industry as a whole which is one of the reasons i'm so grateful to have you on the show <laughs> too because you are just i mean you've meant so much to me in my life like the things that you've taught me from over the years of sitting in your seminars, but just having personal conversations, just you teach, you can't help it. Knowledge spills out of you. And it's awesome to be like one of those recipients. So I'm just, yeah, maybe I'm fangirling a little, I don't know, but it's really cool to watch it happen. Um, yeah. It's... So, so I'm wondering, I, I mean, you're, you're amazing at what you do. You're an author, you're, you know, you're, you host segments on television, like you do it all. You're operating your own bar. So I don't know where you find all the time for this, but <laughs> <laughs> do you, how do you, how do you manage this balance? Um, well, I, again, if I had to work this hard at a job, I would never do it. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it, it really is. Uh, I, first of all, I, I am so thankful, humbled, and blessed uh, to be in this position. But it it, it is, you know, a, a love of this, the craft. It really is, and the people. You know, I've this industry. I've like I said, I've spent forty years in it, and the people that work in this industry, they don't work in it because they have aspirations of grandeur, of wealth, of making a ton of money. You know, we work weekends, we work nights, we work holidays. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult go and it takes a certain person to commit to that lifestyle. And, uh, and I love that type of person. You know, I, I'm cut from that mold. And like I said, you know, when we have the pleasure to be at these events, you know, to be at HEE, to be at Vibe, to be at Tales, you know, it, it, it is these like-minded individuals and we learn from each other. And, you know, I always say, Christy, I want to be better today than I was yesterday and better yet tomorrow. So, you know, there's always learning and growing in this industry and, yeah. and the people that you're, you're meeting and, um, you know, what's next. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but, um, it's been a great run. I do appreciate my downtime. I really do. I, I live in Las Vegas and I love, uh, I love being at home and having time to ride my bicycle and walk my dogs and read a book that doesn't pertain to cocktails. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, it, it's precious downtime. I can't imagine you have too much of it. But um, so I'm wondering if there was, I mean, you've said a million times it doesn't feel like work because you're so passionate about it. 
But if there was, if you had endless buckets of dough and you could do anything you want with your time, what would that thing be? Boy, I don't know if I do some much different than what I'm doing right now. Um, I, I think I would, as crazy as it sounds, probably travel more, but with a, with a purpose. Um, you know, when I left Bellagio uh, in, in 2004, it was because I wanted to have the opportunity to affect more people in the industry. And I, I would love to just find a, a way to take that message and beyond the borders of the United States and some of these countries that are still uh, developing the culture. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what that would look like exactly. You know, I, I write this column for In the Mix, IMI's magazine called The Adventures of mm-hmm. George. And it's uh, in memory of my father. And it's just, it's traveled to parts of the world and just, Discovering their culture and then bringing it back, and and maybe that's part of it. Maybe bringing the adventures of George yeah. to the screen somehow, a TV show or something. Oh, that's cool! I love that. Yeah, because there's yeah. so much great culture out there that I love to learn from and share uh, with other bartenders and and consumers. I mean, we both know, Christy, that the consumer today is is more involved, more interested more knowledgeable about this craft and they're hungry for uh, information and you know how can i just did an event in uh, new orleans uh, last week for uh, a group of axiom and they're n- none of them are in the bar business but they were just so enthralled with what we do you know with the fact of yeah. of being able to actually make a cocktail themselves that tasted good uh it was it was so empowering um so yeah. I, you know, you mentioned teaching. I, I just, I love to teach and I love to share that knowledge. Um, and, you know, that's, that's probably, if I had buckets of money, I don't know what else I would spend it on. I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I have. Uh, yeah. Maybe a new bicycle. That's beautiful. <laughs> a new bicycle. Oh, you just hit your bike, right? Um, no, I love that because I think that there's there's a need for that. And, the, you know, Anthony Bourdain did it with food, right? Like yeah. it, it, learning and emerging yourself in different cultures by their food. I mean, that's the best way. I would love to eat my way around the world because <laughs> that is the best way to learn about something that's totally different from the culture that you know. But drinking your way through that culture is the other part of that. Like, are you just going to have water or a coca-cola everywhere you go no you're gonna want to try all the flavors that are available um so i i think that's great i think uh i think you should totally pitch that show to somebody i think (laughs) you should work on that because i'd watch it i'd subscribe yeah no that would be a beautiful journey because uh you know i i I just wrote about the Bahama Mama, and I went down to the Bahamas and uh, stayed at the Atlantis there for a a visit, and I hadn't been to the Bahamas since I was a kid. And just, you know, going out and meeting local bartenders and interviewing them on the Bahama Mama and the culture and the drink culture and, you know, just all of it is, uh, you know, I love it. And I I hope to, you know, by sharing it with people that they enjoy that journey and uh, take something away from it as well. Oh yeah, no, I think it's awesome. I, I, yeah, I'll, I subscribe. I'm following you. Um, <laughs> so that that leads me. So I'm curious if you have any 
I always ask about any regrets. Um, you're a pretty happy person. But I'm curious if there's anything that you would do differently. Is there anything that you looked back on that you were like, wow, I really learned something from it. Didn't really necessarily plan on taking that. But here it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I try not to have regrets. Yeah, you know, I, 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 guilt and regrets and things like that, I think, use up positive energy. Um, I think we can always look back and, and say, I wish I would have. And, you know, that's, I think you only regret the things you don't do. And that's probably mm -hmm. true with me and, or maybe the things I didn't finish. Yeah, you know, and I think of things like football, you know, I played football through high school with every intention of going on and playing in college. And when it came time for the rubber to hit the road, I, I didn't. And I, I do regret that, you know, and we never know the decisions we make. If my life would have turned out completely different, had I, um, yeah. so that's why I try not to regret things. Cause I, I am a happy yeah. person and, and so blessed of where I am and the journey that has gotten me to this point and the people I've met. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's when you do stop and look back and say, if I would have worked a little harder playing hockey, maybe I could have played in college and who knows what, <laughs> but you know, that, yeah. that's just fun to, to think what ifs, but to imagine, to yeah. imagine. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but no, I, what would have been different? I, I try today to, to, to be a little, like I said, a little better tomorrow than I am right now. And, Whatever that involves, you know, I'm working on a new book, so uh, I'm proud of that. I spend time on that, and uh, you know, just uh, just you know, trying to keep a smile on my face and put smiles on other yeah. people's faces. That's uh, well, you do, you do, and everything that you do has these amazing ripple effects where you are you are providing a foundation for a path for others. And that's a beautiful thing. And it's, it's not just what you do with your work, but it's how the way you engage people when you meet them, when you're talking to them, the way that you educate others about the craft and the way that you genuinely care about people through your philanthropic efforts. I mean, you're really, you're impacting so many people in so many wonderful ways. So yeah, I can't imagine having any regrets either because who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, looking back, like this is you've you've created this beautiful path for so many strangers to you. Um, I think that that can be, yeah, that should keep the smile on your face. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, and I, like I said, I so blessed, and I, I am humbled. Uh, you mentioned Dale and the fact that I. Again, had the opportunity to to meet him when I did in 1993, and we've been friends and colleagues ever since, and traveled a lot of the country and world, uh, you know, teaching and yeah, it's, it's been great. But um, I, I so was the friendship immediate between you two? I think it was. You know, it was immediate friendship, and we stayed in touch and. Um, you know, it's again, it's it's funny the people that come into your life and how impactful that could be, you know, through meeting Dale in 1993 and staying in contact with him over the years. And he introduced me to Gary Regan and Paul Packold and, you know, they helped my career. I was one of my first 
times I was published was in uh, one of Gary's books. And then when George Goldhoff, on behalf of Steve Wynn, was looking for someone at, for the Bellagio, the property mixologist uh, in 1998, George called Dale and Dale recommended me. And, Very you know, cool. you know it's so just, that's how that happened. That's how that happened. Wow. Yeah. And it really changed my life. Uh, I'm quite sure that I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now if that interaction wouldn't have taken place. So, um, like I said, it's, it's, it's funny how doors open and the people you meet and let into your life, uh, have an impact or potentially could have an impact. Yeah. And, you know, when you mention young bar out bartenders will come up to me that I've never met before and, and just like be so thankful. I saw you speak or I saw you and Dale at finishing school years ago and it, it impacted my decision to really pursue this craft. And it's, it, it's beyond humbling, you know, because you, you, yeah. you kind of take it for granted at the time and you, you, you don't know that that impact that that person meeting you on that in that circumstances has on their life and their profession, and their career. And uh, it, it is pretty special. I, 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 I'm getting a little goosebumps right now. Um, yeah, I, I am. Because you, you often probably don't have the time to sit and really reflect on it. Um, but I imagine it's probably like, wow, oh my gosh. Yeah. And when someone brings it to your attention, it's probably very humbling. It is. It, it, it is. It's, it's, um, it's a great honor. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I, uh, and I, I, I remain humble about all of it because, uh, it, it just seems so special to me. You know, it's it's not something like I said earlier that I set out on this course. It just it happened organically, and and I and I feel a responsibility at this point um, to maintain that. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I want to know um, what would you want the listening audience to know about you? I mean, they know the name, they know the face. They know the persona. What What is the thing that you would want someone to know about you in those moments when they're approaching you? Well, other than I'm probably one of the luckiest humans on the uh, on the planet. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> no, I. You, we talked a little bit about setting up the Helen David Relief Fund and how important that is to me for so many reasons. Um, you know, Helen was a very prominent woman in our community in Port Huron, Michigan, but she was very, very philanthropic. She always said, you know, it's better to, to give than to take, and you'll be remembered for what you give, not for what you take. And, and I, th those words have always, you know, stuck with me. And to be able to do something in her memory and keep her memory and tell her story, because like I said, 1937, two women being in a bar, let alone running a bar, was yeah. uh, uh, unusual and quite a, an accomplishment. I don't know of many other women or anyone, for that matter, who ran a bar for 70 years in the same location, same license. Yeah, that's just impressive. Um, it's just, yeah. So I, you know, I, I, I honor that and pay tribute to her whenever I can and, and keep her memory alive and tell her story. Because like I said, I think it, it is so 
powerful for anyone in this industry, and especially for for women, um, because she really gave a lot to this profession. And she's honored, as you know, at Tales of the Cocktail with the Lifetime Achievement Award in her name, which is, a, a, you know, again, I'm sure she'll be very humbled and proud of that. But she always, she was very philanthropic and she very much instilled that in me. So I, when I was looking for something myself to, to, you know, give back because I think it is so important. Um, the Helen David Relief Fund popped up and it popped up 10 years ago uh, mm-hmm. initially. And uh, we, you know, I sit on the board and I review the applications and every time I read one, it just, it breaks my heart. You know, the struggles yeah. that people are going through young people, you know, that are working hard and have a family and all of a sudden here you go with this cancer and, um, yeah, it brings it brings you back to reality and what's really important. And to be able to make a little impact, help a little bit, you know, just ease their pain. Well, yeah. at least the concerns of the financial, how are we paying the rent? You know, uh, I need a wig. Yeah. Just those things. It's just to me that's if is probably more important to me than any of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, because you're truly being able to really benefit people. And you're right. At a time like that, the last thing you need to be worried about is food on the table, yeah. shelter over your head, yeah. gas in your tank yeah. to get to the doctor. It, there's so much that could go into moments like that in people's lives. And I, I'm so just in love with the fact that you're creating a positive impact for the women and families of our industry that are impacted by such a, such a horrible situation. But so thank you, you know, from, from a lady in the business, thank you for doing what you do. Um, And for, you know, speaking about the empowered woman in your life that have made such a positive impact on you and like playing that forward too. Um, cause that makes a difference for all of us. Um, so I want to know, uh, before, before I ask how people can reach you, talk to me a little bit about Libertine Social, cause we haven't really talked about your new, uh, in, well, relatively new, but new-ish bar. Well, thank you. And we actually have one more since Libertine Social to talk about also, but awesome. eight, eight years ago, I did an episode of Iron Chef America and I was paired with Chef Sean McLean, uh, who had just opened Sage at Aria in Las Vegas. Now, I'd never met Sean at the time, but Sean was going to do the food and I was uh, tasked to make the drinks. That was our first meeting. We, we won that battle and became uh, friends instantly. And we've done a lot of things since then, a lot of charity events and demos and things like that, always with the idea that one day, if an opportunity presented itself, we would do something together. And that opportunity was Libertine Social at Mandalay Bay here in Las Vegas. Now, almost four years. August will be our four-year anniversary, yeah. which we're very, very proud of. Um, Gastro Pub with Sean's Food and My Drinks. We have a great team of bartenders that work uh, with us uh, over at Libertine Social. And Recently, Sean lives in Michigan, and I'm from Michigan. 
the uh, the opportunity to take over the old coach insignia space, which was on the 71st floor of the Renaissance Center in downtown Detroit, presented itself. And Sean's company won the bid for that. And it's nice. Yeah, it's been a couple of years in you know the planning and remodeling because again that's a building that was opened in 1978 so it definitely was in need of a facelift so today uh yeah. it opened uh, in november and it's called highlands nice. highlands and hearth so highlands the highlands of scotland there's a great whiskey uh, uh appreciation and it's a big priority uh, for us and then high bar is the lounge in between the two restaurants where uh, we have another great bar team and I uh, oversee the bar program there and I'm a, a partner with Sean and Richard so if you any of your listeners are in Detroit come by the Renaissance Center and uh, introduce yourself to the bar team and and have a and Bobby Burns or our uh, famous Highlands uh, Old Fashioned that's very cool. Now I understand what I was. I kept seeing all this stuff on social media, and I was like, "What is Tony up to these days?" <laughs> That's super cool. Congratulations! I'm really excited for you. Thank you, thank you. I'm I'm very very proud uh, of the place. Uh, you know, proud to be partners with with Sean and Richard and Sarah and Holly, the whole team. Um, you know, they're more family than. Uh, they are business partners and, you know, they, we all embrace the same philosophy and, uh, you know, just uh, hospitality and guest experience. It's, it's, it's really wonderful. And for me personally, being from Michigan, it's selfishly an opportunity for me to spend t more time back in, in Michigan, back home. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really special. So my goal, really spend, cool. spend more of the winter months here in Las Vegas and, then yeah, spring well, summer in, in Detroit, but uh, it's a, it's funny. exciting. Yeah. So in my free yeah. time, uh, you, yeah. I know all <laughs> that free time that we've already discussed. All <laughs> that crazy free time you have. Um, that's really really awesome. I'm super excited for you. Oh, and thank you. Um, so if people want to learn more about you from you, how do you want people to reach you? Well, um, my website, themodernmixologist.com is probably uh, a great spot uh, and uh, it, you know my I'm, I'm not Andrea handles most of the social media but our uh, Instagram is MDRN mixologist so modern MDRN mm -hmm. mixologist on Instagram and love to have you uh, follow us and follow our adventures and the adventures of, of George uh, through uh through Instagram and our golden nights, okay. you know, I, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge uh, Las Vegas golden nights hockey fan and have the great privilege in my free time of making the drinks over at T-Mobile arena as well. So I, I, I cover that a lot and I spend a lot of time there. And, and if you're a hockey fan and you're listening, come out and see our nights. It's a great show. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And I'll put the links to for your Insta handle and your website in the bio. Um, so people can click right through and go find you. And I want to thank you, Tony, for doing this for giving me so much of your time and 
sharing your personal history and your professional history with us. Well, Christy, it's a pleasure. It's been a long time friendship, and I truly hope that the next time uh, we get to talk, it's over in a groany or two. Oh, yeah. Well, I will be, I'm speaking at Nightclub and Bar this year, so I'll be in town when you're in town. Beautiful. Well, I do a barrel-aged Negroni uh, at Libertine Social that's got your name on it. Perfect. Save me a spot. I will be there this year. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much again, Tony. I really appreciate it. And thank you all for tuning in to Lawler Out Loud, Mixing Up the Mainstream.